hear the word of the Lord. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, and whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Bacah, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Let's pray together. Our great Father in heaven, what comfort it is to us that you look down on us, your beloved children. You have gathered, and here we are with uh, your children in every nation that you have gathered and called to yourself. Uh, your, uh, the, the, the sheep, the blood-bought lambs of the Lord Jesus. And uh, Lord, we uh, long to know your love and presence in our life, and we are uh, eager for your word to speak to us. Um, Lord, uh, form us into a, a body and that we might glorify you and be your servants in this world as you build your kingdom here on earth. And um, so teach us by your Holy Spirit now. Uh, instruct our minds, speak to our hearts as we open our hearts to your holy word, and we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, this is, I I think, a really big uh, deal being here together. I remember about a month into COVID, someone said to me, you know, I bet when we come back together, it's going to be just a big deal. And I don't think we had any idea that it was going to be five months until we were doing this uh, again. And, of course, this is only a step. I greatly wish I could see all your faces uncovered and we weren't social distancing and we could pack everyone in here and hear the voices of our whole church together. Um, but, you know, when uh, COVID started, one of the kind of key themes in the Bible that came to mind was the exile, and which was a time where God had scattered his people around the Mediterranean and uh, they couldn't worship together in the temple. And, uh, and during that time, when God's people were scattered, they wrote these songs about their longings to be back in Jerusalem and to be in the temple and worshiping God and everyone's gathered together. And Psalm 84 is one of those songs that they wrote. And you see how it starts. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. <laughs> 
And God's dwelling place is the temple in the Old Testament. It was, of course, a building in, in Jerusalem. And now God's dwelling place is the church. It's the people. It's you all who are filled with the Spirit of God. And so when we read that and say, my, my soul longs and faints for the courts of the Lord, what we're saying is, I long to be with you all and be gathered together and to be singing God's praises. I long to be here. And this psalm, you know, talks about uh, being weary and tired and walking through hardship and how we need God's house to give us refreshment. And, uh, and so I've, I've titled this sermon, The Essential Church. Uh, which is, of course, speaking to you know, the essential services during this time, that we, they're fundamental to being human and being alive and how what God gives us here is absolutely essential uh, to live. You and I need what we're doing right now. We need it. And I think some of us might not have appreciated or noticed that because, you know, how this started was like, well, you know, we're going to be two weeks flattening the curve and then and it, we kind of drifted into it, and we got this new normalcy of, you know, watching church on, on, online. And, and, you know, and of course, we're grateful that we're able to do that, and in, in, that in that time. But I think as time goes by, we begin to see the effect it has on us. I mean, socially and emotionally and psychologically and spiritually, all these things to be away from this. This is a fundamental part of our life. You can't make it in this world without grace. That's a basic belief of a Christian. You can't make it in this world without grace. And we need to receive grace. To be in the presence of the spirit-filled body of Christ, to receive the grace of God's word and his sacrament is one of the most essential things we need to live. So praise God that he has gathered us here. And uh, so this morning I want to make just three statements from... Psalm 84 about why the church is essential. And this is what they are, that because in the church is our comfort, in the church is our strength, and in the church is our joy. In the church is our comfort, in the church is our strength, and in the church is our joy. And what is more essential to being human than comfort, strength, and joy? Absolutely we need those things. And we need food, we need medical assistance, we also need our souls to be strengthened. And if you're going to get through 2020 and maybe 2021, you need the comfort, strength, and joy that Christ gives to us here in this community. So, three points this morning. The first is this, that in the church is our comfort. And this psalm has, I think, one of the more charming verses in all this, the whole Psalter, in verse 3 there, where it says... Even the sparrow finds a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. And so here he's talking about even birds come into God's dwelling place, into his temple, and he's talking about how, you know, the, the courtyards of the temple were outside, and there were these roofs along the edge that, where the eaves, where the roof met the wall. You know, the birds would build nests in there. And the author of this, this psalm is one of the sons of Korah. And uh, so he's a temple singer. He used to work in the temple, and he'd lead people in singing. And now he's scattered somewhere. He's like, oh, I miss being in the temple. And he's like, I remember those birds that would even come in. And he'd thought about the birds. And then now he's realizing, you know, the birds are probably still making their home in the temple. And I, I'm, so he's homesick. He's envious of these birds. And even, you know, he says that the birds have their young there. You know, they make their nests in the temple. And he says, I want to have my young. 
I want to have my children gather with me in God's presence and with God's people singing his praise. And so he's homesick and wants to be home. And as Christians, the church, the temple, the body of Christ is our home too. What's essential about a home? I mean, there's probably a million things that are essential, but one major thing is the comfort that comes from a home. You're at work, you have stressful things happen in your life, you've got stressful conversations or relationships, whatever it is, you're just like, I just want to be home, I just want to be at rest, I just want to be where I you know, feel sane and feel myself. Or if you're on a journey, we went to Montana this summer, and it's like nine hours driving back or something like that. I and mean, as soon as you get on I-5 and you're heading towards Belgium, you're just, I just want to be home. I want the rest of my house. And I, I read earlier in COVID a, a line from Marilyn Robinson's great novel, Home, which is about a, this woman, Glory, is the main character who uh, goes home to take care of her aging father. And there, this was the, the quote from there. Is it says, the household she came from induced in herself the unspecific memory of a comfort she had not really been conscious of until she left it behind. And she, when you're also in a home, you, you kind of don't notice your home until you're away from it. And you, you're like, oh, there's such a comfort there. That's true here, too. I think it's not until we're away from it that we realize, you know, this is just a part of our routine. Yeah, I go to church on Sundays. And we lose the sense that there is a comfort that God is giving me by having the Lord's Day time with God's people. And she goes on, weary or bitter or bewildered as we may be, God is faithful. He lets us wander so we will know what it means to come home. So this season of COVID has been a time of weariness and bitterness and bewilderment for many. It's God letting us wander in a desert. But it's so that we know what it means to come home and find comfort. And you know, why does the psalmist use the little birds as a picture? Because little birds, they seem so insignificant. They're weak, you know. And Jesus, of course, picks up that theme. And you know, Jesus says, look at the sparrows. Look at them. God feeds them and cares for them and gives them a home of how much more value are you than the, than the sparrows. It's to show us, like, wow, if he cares for them, he cares for us. So first, the church is essential because the church is our home and therefore the, the most important source of comfort in our lives. But I think many of us are kind of aware of the reality that COVID is going to be a part of our life probably for a while, you know, maybe the next year or something like that. And so we also need, we not only need comfort, we need strength. And uh, the disruption that's come from, from, from COVID, we also need strength. And so that's our second point, is that not in the church, not only do we get comfort in the church, is also our strength. And you see in verse 5, it says, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. What's being described is that God's people, you know, they're scattered in exile. And they're all dreaming of traveling back to Jerusalem to the temple. And so in their mind are the highways leading them back to, to Zion. It's kind of this pilgrimage back to Jerusalem. And the word for Zion was, which Zion is the city of God, Jerusalem. But it was, it was a word that was loaded with all kinds of other promise in it. So Zion was this city where David and Solomon were king and where the temple was and God dwelt and where the Ark of the Covenant was there. And then Zion was also talked about the future kingdom of God. 
the future, the new heavens and the new earth, where all of our weariness will be taken away. And so uh, just as the exiles would pilgrim to the city, you know, have a pilgrimage to the, the city of Jerusalem, we too are pilgrims that are on our way to Zion. And so either way, whether you think of like, wow, I'm just pilgriming through COVID, I'm trying to get through COVID, or you think of just your whole life as a pilgrimage, the psalmist says that those who long to be in Zion have a strength in them. If your heart longs to be in Zion, you have a strength in you. And some of you might say, I don't feel strong. I feel weak often. Well, how does God give you the strength to make it to Zion? Well, it's interesting how the psalmist explains it, verse 6. As they go through the valley of Baca, so the valley of Baca is an arid place. Actually, the New English Bible translates it as the thirsty valley. So it's painting a picture of this journey through a harsh terrain. And so how do we find God's strength in this thirsty valley? Well, there's two answers that it gives. On the one hand, first, we have to dig springs. Verse 6, as they go through the valley of Bacot, they make it a place of springs. You see, they make it a place of springs. They're not going along and finding springs all over the place. There is water under the ground, and they have to dig up the water. God is providing strength and blessing, but they're going to have to dig it up. And Derek Kidner, he puts it this way, this is a classic statement of a faith that dares to dig blessings out of hardships. The hardships... Uh, in hardships, we can't just sit there and say, where is God? Where are the blessings? We have to dig for them. We are strengthened through grace, but that doesn't mean that there's inaction on our part to receive, to experience God's strength and blessings. So some of you might hear that and say, well, okay, so getting strength, it's all up to us to go dig the streams and get the strength. Well, not so fast, because what happens next in the verse is that God has to send rain, right? Verse 6 says, as they go through the Valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. And so God is providing blessing. It's interesting, both under the ground that we have to do some work to dig up, and yet there are also these rains that kind of come that we can't control, we can't do anything about, and they just surprise us and come into our life. And in both of these ways, God is providing strength for us. So what does that have to do with church? Well, the psalmist goes on in verse 7 and says, They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. It's a great picture that everyone makes it. Everyone's on the journey, makes it there. And, uh, and they made it because they went from strength to strength. And what I'm picturing there is there are all these springs along the way. And they went from one spring to the next. And the journey is largely an arid place. It's largely hardship. But there were springs, and some of them we had to dig up out of the ground and find the water. There's some of them the waters came and the rains came. And it's a mixture of, of, of all these things. And I, I think that's exactly what our lives are like. You know, my, my wife and I uh, often talk about how we're just on a pilgrimage together. We're trying to appear before God in Zion at the end and be faithful to the end. And we're trying to help one another along the way. We're all trying to help one another along the way. And God provides the springs, the strength. And coming to church, you know, I can't help but read this and think about the Lord's days are all those springs through our life. You know, it's, I've got to make it to the next Lord's day where I will drink the living waters from Christ. 
and I get strength for the next leg of the journey. And, uh, and you know, coming to church is both a little bit of digging and receiving just rain falling down. Because, you know, you got to show up here. you got to listen to the sermon, pay attention. <laughs> you know, it takes effort on our part, but it's grace. And then God surprises us with all kinds of rains. I mean, how many times do we say, you know, I'm not sure I feel like going to church, but I should just show up there. And then God, a new person I meet or a new conversation I have, or he speaks to me in a new way, is those are the rains that come that we couldn't have planned for. And so why is church essential? It's first essential because it's our spiritual home and it's the most important source of comfort to us. We need comfort. And second, the church is the place of our strength. The gathered church on the Lord's Day are the springs by which God gives us strength through the journey until we finally appear in Zion. Our final point is this, that in the church is also our joy. In the church the deep joy that God provides to his children, the spirit provides, we find here. And joy is an important theme in this psalm. You see in verse 2, my soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. It's amazing. The psalmist is in exile, you know, and he's dreaming about, and yet he still has a joy that he is singing about even from that distance. And then in verse 10, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. Basically saying, I'll do anything to be in God's house. It's my greatest source of joy. Even if I'm a lowly doorkeeper, even if I'm out on the edge, just kind of listening in to everyone singing, uh, one day of doing that is better than a thousand elsewhere. And maybe we would put it this way, Better is a day in your house than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather wear a mask and have to social distance. I'll put up with all of that just to be in my father's house than to be scattered in our houses apart from one another. I'm willing to do it because this is such, so precious to me. And why is there such joy here? Well, right before the psalmist says, a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere, he has this strange verse. Verse 9, behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. What's the shield and the anointed? Well, we know from Psalm 89, the shield is the king, the king in Zion. And the anointed, well, that's the Messiah. That's the word for Messiah. They're saying, behold, the king is here. And so the source of joy in Zion, in God's house, in the temple, is the promised king in whom is all of God's blessings. And of course, that's our Lord Jesus. And so the reason the temple, the church, and the gathered body of Christ is our home and comfort and strength and our joy is because Jesus is here. And we receive those things when we receive him. What is more essential than needing comfort, strength, and joy during these times? And so the church is essential because Jesus is essential. And uh, one day with Jesus is better than a thousand elsewhere. So I'm so delighted that he's gathered us again. And I hope, pray he continues to gather us. And I hope soon we can put more people together. And, uh, and, uh, but in the meantime, uh, Christ is our comfort, our strength, and our joy. Let's pray together.